Let me just buy this thing. <laughs> You're ridiculous, man. Let me let me spend money. God, Jesus let me Christ. Spend my fucking money. Let me spend my money. Let me spend my money, mate. Let me spend my fucking money. How much money are you spending? Hundred and fourteen dollars. On a Game Boy screen. Yeah. You are morally bankrupt. <laughs> Yeah, no, like you're morally bankrupt or maybe actually bankrupt, depending yeah. on how many screens you're buying. Oh, God. It's going to take two to four weeks. I don't know if I can be bothered waiting that long. Wow. <laughs> Fuck me. All right. Well, should we do our program or are you going to keep shopping? <laughs> yeah, we'll do our program. Okay. No, I don't want to get in the way of... That's fine. Okay. Shopping seems over. like... Okay. I made my decision when I saw how long it would take to ship. And then you were like, I'm out. I was like, I'm out. Hey guys, welcome back to the Alfredo's Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works. For each week, we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. Hello, my name's Ben. Benjamin. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> that was weird. You've, that you've, that every time you do something different, I get real freaked out. I'm like, what's he going to do this time? Welcome to the show. Welcome you should to do that every show. week. It's like a nice invite. No, I feel going welcomed. To. Oh, it's going to okay. change every time. You're welcoming them, not me, won't you? Yeah, I don't care about it. Yeah, you. okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, look, we're kind of closing off uh, our deep dive into auteur theory. Last week when we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I feel like we got into a lot of the nitty gritty of the actual theory itself. Now let's just talk about some stuff. So I was like- let's just talk about a thing. Better way to maybe finish up with something a bit lighter that is still kind of by an auteur that is a bit less meaty and maybe kind of dovetail into chilling out a little bit. Um, so I figured why not pick something a little, little, little fun, a little silly. Um, so this week we are talking about the style of Serenity. To be clear, the 2005 film by Joss Whedon, not the uh, surreal video game film with Matthew McConaughey from 2019 that we also watched. Wait. You remember that where he's on a fishing island and it turns out to be VR? Wait, that game? film's called Serenity? Mm. Yeah, because the boat's called Serenity. Yeah. So that's real hinky to think about for too long. Well, what does that mean, Vix? Hinky. Well, don't you say strange or weird? I mean, hinky, that has no meaning. That's fucking weird. Uh, so, but this Serenity is a 2005 sci-fi action film written and directed by Joss Whedon, wrapping up Whedon's short-lived TV show Firefly. So before we get into the summary, what did you think of this going into it, knowing that you haven't really seen much of Firefly and don't really know much about it? Man, you really pulled me out of the barrel on that one. Yeah, I've barely seen any of Firefly. Yeah, I think you've seen like the first episode, right? Yeah, we did an episode on it and I knew nothing. You pretty, you pretty you that straight was, up, you were like, was, I ain't seen it. That was back when I, ain't seen I would it. often not watch. Ben was, we oh, you, you did pretty well, but yeah, every now and then you're like, I don't know. About four episodes in. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I don't know. It's, it's very similar. Like the TV show starts pretty much the same way that, that this starts. To the point where it's like you feel like you've missed a lot, but really you haven't. Yeah, it's very and much- especially in this one where I'm like, I know I've missed a lot, but really I yeah. hadn't. It's kind of yeah. like, hey, this world's been kind of going on a long time without you. Don't worry about it. Here's just a bit of the story. Yeah, kind of thing. It's like a Star Trek. How did you think of it compared to like say the Avengers? Because that was Wedding as well, like the first one. Like because like it's, it's sort of Avengers. Yeah, well, he, he did a bunch then- of them, but it's it's got that kind of buddy cop sort of. I mean, from the, you know, you can watch Avengers without having watched the first few films, or at least, like, not having, like, a lot of knowledge of the first few films. I know, like, when the first Avengers came out, I hadn't really seen the other ones. Like, I think I'd seen Iron Man 1, maybe 2, and, like, that was it. Like, I skipped bloody Cap Catboy. From that perspective of, like, they're films that you kind of watch in isolation. I mean, it's, it's I mean, characteristics, like, the style and the characteristics, like, it's got the snappy kind of dialogue, there's sort of yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's witty as fuck. Yeah, it's just when... Like, Spinning yeah. his wheels, been like, look at how look at how quippy everyone is. Yeah, and I don't hate it as much in this one, probably just because the characters are a bit more fresh. But I think my, in comparison with the Avengers, one of the reasons I like this more is they're not like in the Avengers. It's like Thor is like I'm Thor, and but in this, everyone has their own like kind of 
they all have a shared language and a shared kind of they, they all talk weird in the same weird way whereas i think one of the things with avengers is like everyone has a gimmick and it gets kind of old pretty quick whereas mm. this they all kind of share the same or a similar gimmick as far as the language itself or like they they use like the chinese to swear or like the the weird turns of phrase that you just wouldn't hear in normal language. I think it, it kind of works a bit better. It's a bit more coherent, I think. Right. So I feel it's less off-putting when someone says, like, go Ram instead of goddamn and things like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. Coming back to it now is weird because Firefly obviously is a fucking it's masterpiece. A big, big thing. Um, except for the first episode's dog shit, whatever. Like, really, really clever, interesting TV show. Um, this film in particular is like a high-budget version of that, for better or for ill. And it tries to solve so much of the TV show when it doesn't need to. So I don't know. We'll kind of get to that maybe at the end. But let's do the summary and then see what we think. So strap in. River Tam, a young, brilliantly smart girl from an affluent family, is held and conditioned by the Alliance, a galaxy-wide government, and is conditioned to become a psychic and assassin. Simon and River Tam have now taken refuge... (laughs) Having escaped the Alliance, Simon and River have now taken refuge... Having escaped the Alliance, Simon and River have now taken refuge aboard a Firefly-class vessel, Serenity, as they attempt to flee the Alliance. A man with no name, the Operative, works outside the law to track them down. Meanwhile, Captain Mal Reynolds sees an opportunity to use River's psychic abilities during a bank heist. The heist goes south fast as the planet is attacked by cannibalistic Reavers. Mal and his crew manage to escape, just barely. Furious at the captain for putting River in danger, Simon decides to leave Serenity at the next place they stop. Once there, however, a subliminal message in a television commercial causes River to attack numerous bar patrons, and Mal takes the siblings back aboard the ship. The crew contacts Mr. Universe, who discovers the message designed to trigger River's mental conditioning. He notes that River whispered Miranda before attacking, and warns that someone else has seen the footage. Mal receives an invitation from Inara, a former Serenity crew member. Despite knowing it's a trap, Mal goes to rescue her. The operative then confronts Mal, promising to let him go- Why is it so hard, Ben? (laughs) I feel like we haven't done it in two weeks and my brain isn't working. The operative confronts Mal, promising to let him go free if he turns River over. Mal refuses, and with Inara's help, everyone barely escapes. River then reveals that Miranda is a planet located beyond a region of space swarming with Reavers. The crew flies to the planet Haven to ponder their next move, but they find Haven devastated and their old friend, Shepard Book, mortally wounded. The operative claims responsibility, promising to keep pursuing them and killing anyone who assists them until he gets River. Mal disguises Serenity as a Reaver ship and travels to Miranda through a Reaver fleet without being attacked. On the planet, the crew finds all its colonists dead and a recording explaining that an experimental chemical designed to suppress aggression was added into Miranda's atmosphere. The population became so docile they stopped performing all activities of daily life and just lay down and died. Some had the opposite reaction, of course, and became extremely aggressive. In effect, the Alliance created the Reavers. Mr. Universe then agrees to broadcast the recording. However, the operative kills him before he can and orders the destruction of his transmitter. Mal leads the Reavers to the Alliance Armada in orbit of Mr. Universe's planet. The Reavers and Alliance ships battle while Walsh manages to pilot Serenity through the crossfire to the planet. Despite taking serious damage, he crash lands near the broadcast tower before being killed by a Reaver spear. The rest of the crew makes a last stand against the Reavers to buy Mal time to broadcast the recording. The crew is injured and on the ropes when River leaps through a blast door, fighting off the Reavers to save the crew. At the backup transmitter, Mal fights the operative, finally subduing him and forcing him to watch the broadcast recording. Mal then returns to the crew and the blast door is opened to reveal that River has killed all the Reavers. Alliance troops arrive, but the operative orders them to stand down. The crew then repairs Serenity. The operative tells Mal that the broadcast has weakened the Alliance's government, but while he will try to convince the Parliament that River and Simon are no longer threats, he warns they will likely continue to be pursued. Serenity takes off with River as Mal's new pilot. Credits.
that was really hard work. I don't know what was going on in my brain. Yeah, your brain was. Just yeah, like, I just, like, uh, just like I can't read words right now. I just, I'm a little bit tired. Butterfly. But but butterfly. So really weird kind of even narrative structure wise, like super weird plot. Um, there's a lot of back and forth thing, which I thought was odd. So like they go to Mr. Universe, then they go to the Reaper planet, then they go back to Mr. Universe. It's kind of like if in Star Wars, instead of going to like the Death Star at the end, they went back to Tatooine. You'd be like, <laughs> wait, what? Like it's Hang weird. On, wait, we're in the wrong place. <laughs> it's just an odd way to kind of structure your narrative, I guess. Yeah. It kind of lends to that sort of like Star Trekky feel where I don't know, it's like it's not like a it's not like the Avengers where it's like a big, like like world ending event, you know, <laughs> this is an Avengers level threat, you know, there's nothing like that. It's just kind of like... It's just they kind of go about their business. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we've got a thing we got to do. We found this message and it's super important. I guess we got we to gotta, gotta send it to everyone. And you don't even, like, you don't even see, like, the aftermath. You, you get told it a bit by the operative. Kind of. But, like, you don't, you know, you don't see it. You know, you don't see, like, the rebellion against the alliance because of this. Right. It's, it's just- kind of just like a big yelp and then, like... Not a lot. Kind of. And that, but that, that, then the whole, like, I mean, that's the whole thing with Firefly in general, I guess. It's like, it's not, there is no big, great climax. When did this film come out? 2005. Is that pre- Yeah. We'll what was, what was the thought you were having? <laughs> was that pre or post Snowden is what I'm thinking. I would think it would be just pre. Before, yeah, that was like yeah, because a similar thing happened there. It was like this big pile of information. And it just and didn't go not anywhere. Not a lot happened. But, but that, that, that's kind of an interesting thought, though, because one of the one of the themes in this, I guess, is like about like this big kind of bureaucratic evil whatever yeah. alliance. But it's not an evil empire. Like you know how like in Star Wars, they're, the, very they're like they're, they're like Nazis, Nazis, right? <laughs> and, and I like I guess like this is strictly speaking a Western story in a lot of ways. Yeah. So um, the good guys are so the sheriffs. Yeah, the good guys aren't really the sheriffs. Well, the they're like bag, the, the, the bad outlaws. guys are the sheriffs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the interesting thing is, like, the Alliance, who is, like, the big evil bureaucratic machine, their goal is, like, a world without sin, right? So, they want to take away choice so that no one can be evil or good or whatever. Right. Um, which is a little Nazi-ish. Which is, like, a little Nazi-ish. Um, but I guess in that way, the operative embodies the Alliance's beliefs, um, which is that the means always justify the ends. Like, he even says at one point he believes so strongly th- that he's willing to sacrifice his own humanity well, to do this. One of the characters literally describes him and, like, people like him has, quote-unquote, believers. Yeah. It's just, like, them as a... Like, their job title is just, like, believer, where it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, like, real sinister. Right? Yeah. But then, I guess, is the argument that Mal is the opposite, right? Where he's constantly refusing to let go of this, like, individualism to the point where, like, he ends up just hurting everyone around him for no fucking reason. Yeah. Where, like, he's so against um, this idea of collectivism that that I guess is wed and trying to say, okay, well, if you have the Alliance, which is this big, benevolent, kind of evil, quote-unquote, evil by necessity machine, and Mal is the individual opposite, but he is not really that much better. Like, he just kind of... Like, I don't know. The, is, is Mal a hero, or is he just a necessary counterpoint? I mean, I think in this... In this film, they 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 run the whole like like numerous times they run the the cliche of like oh you're not so different to me after all rah rah, right. rah. you know there's the the but comparison he is, though <laughs> well I mean the the operative runs comparisons between Mal and like being a believer you know at the very end where he's just like oh do you believe in sending out this message and he's like I do he's like would you die for it he's like I would and it's like okay yeah whatever so that there's like that parallel and then you know when he dresses up this ship to be like a Reaver ship yeah 
And it's like, oh, you're not much different to Reavers. It's like, yeah, and it's like, you know, once they run it a second time, you're like, okay, we get it. Mal's just whatever they he needs but, to be for the scene. But here's the thing, though. I think maybe that's. I think maybe that is the case. Or there's there's a kind of alternate way that I look at it, which is like when you're talking about analyzing story themes, one of the easiest ways to do it is one of Steve Pressfield's idea is pretend it's a dream. And then if you think about what that thing will represent in the dream, that's probably like how it's themed in the story. So in a lot of ways, like the alliance represents like the superego. So like the logic or whatever, like the overall control of the Jesus, body. we're getting deep in yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, and when the Reavers are like the id, they're like the uncontrolled, give me, give me, give me instinct. And Mal is kind of the ego. He's the one that negotiates between the two in some ways. So, you know, he's even able to kind of control the Reavers to an extent. He's able to trick the Reavers to an extent. He's able to trick yeah. the Alliance to an extent, control the Alliance to an extent. He even tells the others, he's kind of the moral arbiter of the story too. He tells them what is right and wrong after Shepard's death. He's like, book died. This is bullshit. This is wrong. Is it like, this is kind of, you know, if we're talking about Star Wars as a comparison where the Empire is evil and the Jedi are good or whatever, um, ignoring Last Jedi then is the is the whole idea that Mal is this kind of interlocutor between them where he's like the cowboy who doesn't fall within the moral code kind of thing. I mean, yeah, like that's exactly what he is. Like, right. That's 100% like what they kind of just like code him to be. He's just, it's just like a Western and he's the, he's the he's anti-hero. The, the, yeah. Oh, he's, a, he's the anti-everything. Thing. Yeah, which is kind of like that's that's one of Mal's appeals as a character is that he does have this weird complicated backstory where he was in this war and he's got all this stuff going on. He's like he's really complicated dude, but ultimately he, we like him because he p- kind of protects his family or whatever, which is a value that we can all agree is good. Like that's one of those like <laughs> everybody loves the family. Like it's that kind of right kind of sure. put your thumb up and salute kind of like yeah, we're all a family of yeah different people from diverse backgrounds, like moral relativism, together. I guess. Um, well, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I don't know. but but I get. I, I mean, if that's the case then i think the idea is that the alliance is corrupt so therefore the individual of mal has to fight against it that seems to be like the central idea is like they created these reavers who were like super duper evil so we have to stop them that's kind of the central thrust of the story so one one of the things that i always think about when i watch this in comparison to the tv show is how it deals with corruption one thing i think people get a lot wrong when they talk about this stuff is so using the star wars analog again because it's just such an easy touch point the emperor in that isn't necessarily corrupt he's just evil it's not quite the same thing whereas it seems to me this is more of a big bureaucratic machines are vulnerable to corruption it's something we need to be aware of and root out kind of like the snowden thing and so richard mulligan who uh wrote an essay about aristotle and corruption uh said quote corruption needs to be understood in terms of its opposite the condition of soundness or health that either has subsequently degenerated into corruption or at least provides a standard against which the corruption can be identified, end quote. So what Mulligan's saying is that soundness can be identified by a society that is able to mostly balance the competing pursuit of individuals or the sectional interests against the general common good. So what he's saying is like, corruption is not to be moralized as right or wrong, but rather corruption is a lack of balance between the people in charge doing what's right for everyone and the people in charge doing what's right for one. So his idea is like, it's all about tiny transgressions against balance, not about overthrowing the galactic senate so it's like when you stop the asylum seekers because of this reason not when you elect the nazi to run the country right because he's like that's not corruption that's something that's something else entirely very topical you know very topical very uh <laughs> very very current uh my readings these boys and girls they're gonna be current <laughs> modern um so the obvious question then is is the alliance in this story corrupt right i don't think we see enough of them to make a realistic call but in the broadest sense of what they're trying to convey they seem to be these people who just are willing to compromise literally anything to get what they want i don't know so when when you're thinking about this coming at it fresh given that we said that mal isn't sort of too concerned over good or evil he's really concerned about what's going to be best for his crew and his family or whatever he does put himself in the in the line of fire before anyone else uh welch's death isn't like justified you know how like the operative 
when he kills someone, he's like, it's for the better good or whatever. Right. At no point does Mal say, well, Walsh had to die for us to get here. They just let the death be part of the process. There's no, like, justification of the ends. Right. So I guess in that way, because the, the counterpoint of the Alliance doesn't moralize the cost of defending individualism, the film, by definition, is condemning this bureaucratic kind of machine that is corrupt. I don't know that when you watch it, you give enough shits about the Alliance or you see <laughs> enough of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In- like, it, it's trying to... I, I just think it, it's it's all this... It's like got all this philosophy loaded in the canon and then it just kind of doesn't do anything with it. This film on its own without without the context of like the show and even you know in the little bits of the show that i watched there wasn't too much alliancey stuff mm-hmm. you kind of get the idea that it's like just just from the context of like they you know you you, you people on the serenity they're all they're doing bank heists they're robbing people mm-hmm. rah 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 so it's like all right so they're bad guys but they rob but they rob like even they even they even justify the robbery where he's like it's for the no this isn't their money this yeah. is like government money like they've got Insurance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> they get paid anyway. Like so, from that you're like, okay, you know, they're running from the law, and then you get presented of just like the alliance, and really the only representative of that is Oppo Boy, yeah, Mr. Op- the Op- operative, yeah, yeah. You, there, there really isn't enough in this film. Yeah, you don't see that large scale like bureaucratic machine, even when like. You know, they've got, like, all those ships and they're about to, like, mm-hmm. gun the Serenity out of the sky when the Reavers come in. It's like, dude could just be rich. It yeah. could just be this one dude with a lot of money. He, exactly. And paying some wages and, and they, has a lot of ships. There's no and reason Calling that himself the Alliance. They may, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to, I think... Uh, you don't kind of have that visibility of, like, the Alliance in this film mm-hmm. on its own. But having said that, I don't think it matters. I don't think it really pays a huge part in the story. But, like, that's the, I think that's the central problem, though, right? Is that the, the undercurrent of that Alliance being that kind of corrupt bureaucratic system, because the whole focus is on the Reavers being created. If they're saying, okay, well, we need to get the truth out about yeah. this, and that's the central thrust of the yeah. character's actions, the, like, the themes are loaded into the chamber being like, okay, the, the reason we're doing this is that what they're doing is wrong. If you're going to make a comment on that, then you would... I just think... You either need to do something more with it or more lean into the fact that, like, it was more about Mal and his individual desires to to get that message out. If anything, in this film, you're just told about the Alliance a lot. Mm -hmm. You don't really see it. So, like, you definitely receive that information, but you receive it from, like, characters talking about the Alliance. That's the best way to do it, I guess. No, it's not. But then the the counterpoint would be in in the TV show, for comparison, one of the best ways they communicate about the Alliance is through like indirect storytelling so there's a there's a scene in a bar where mal and his crew get into like a bar fight with a bunch of people on like liberation day like independence day effectively because right. they the mal and his crew were like on the bad the side that lost it's literally like the same thing that happens in the witcher, yeah. <laughs> in the oh, witcher literally three, yeah. yeah and, and they get into this <laughs> the bar, first bar you they get, yeah, yeah they get into this bar fight and but it teaches you so much about the world and how yeah. it's changed but they never have to say oh yeah the alliance are the bad guys who won yeah you just work it out i guess bar fights are just a really good it's just a really good like, storytelling mechanic yeah building mechanic it's literally like my my first book opened with a bar fight originally. And yeah. Aaron was like, get rid of that. That's lazy. So, like, it's it is. Because you can, you can communicate so yeah. much about an economy, uh, a world state. You can put so many different yeah. characters in there. And you get a fight scene right off the bat for free. Bonus fight scene. And you can put some, like, Pirates of the Caribbean music on the background. Exactly. You know? Why, Aaron? You should yeah. have left some it Some fiddles. In. But 
but I, I guess, yeah, it, it is interesting to me that, that for a film that is so Joss Whedon, even like the Avengers has the same fucking themes in it, where they're like, the government's going to nuke New York because they don't want to trust the heroes, and the heroes are the individual good guys who can do the job. Like, it just, it's well, same with then, Buffy. Like, the later, the later <sighs> sort of like Avengers films where it's like, you got to be part of the US military. Well, he was, that rah, was when the Russo brothers took over. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where they, they were just like, read the book of. Yeah, they were yeah. like, ah, what's Whedon interested in? But like, it, that, that to me is like, I guess that what he's always been interested in, like, even Buffy, it's like, she's the rogue vampire slayer, so doesn't do with all the other vampires. Like, yeah, we get it. You like people who do their own thing, you creepy weirdo. Like, it's just this kind of constant drive for individualism, but for fucking no reason. And I'm fine with that because it's a cool Western trope. <laughs> Like to be clear, like I don't, I don't hate. You don't hate it. You're just hating on it. <laughs> I, I just, I, I dis, I dislike the execution in this film because they gave him a budget and he took it and he did something interesting with it, but he forgot. I guess I, there's just there's a lack of nuance to it. I guess for me, when we talked about like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was so fucking nuanced to the point where like some of it you just kind of slide off, right? Right. And I think that one of the issues I have with with Wedden's work in particular in this film, this film in particular, is. It's just really hard to concentrate on what he's actually trying to tell you a lot of the time because the dialogue is so snappy and so witty and there's no depth to a lot of the themes. Just dumb action flick. Right. It's which is dumb ac- which action is, flip in space. Which is fine, but then everyone on the internet comes at you and is like, this is the greatest <laughs> philosophical piece of storytelling this side of the century. Yikes. Firefly's a masterpiece. And like, um, it is, but... Sure. Know. I don't know, man. It rubs me a little bit the wrong way that people kind of come at it with that attitude. Coming out of it now that you've seen it and you've thought about it a little bit. Is it the kind of thing that would then like make you go, okay, maybe I do want to watch Firefly? Let me preface this by saying I barely thought about this film. Yeah. There's nothing to fucking think about. It's just a film. I could go way deeper, but I'm not going to. Yeah. There's no, like- I like I. Yeah. So like, you know, I tend to come out when, when we do these episodes. <laughs> I tend to, you know, I'll give it a think. Yeah. I'll have a think. Ben's pretty transparent, though. He's like, this has nothing for me. Yeah, but, like, every now and then, there'll be something where it's just like, there's not a lot here. <laughs> Which is sometimes enough in itself. Sometimes it's enough. Sometimes it's, like, it's not the film or it's not the, you know, whatever we're looking at. It doesn't contain a lot, but it kind of, you know, it can branch out into other things. Mm-hmm. This, eh. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't. That's, I think that that you know, shrug is the like, problem. You know, as opposed to something like you know when we did Atomic Blonde, for example, it's not a lot within Atomic Blonde, but, but like Atomic a, Blonde itself just it, it sits in such an interesting place where you can yeah. kind of talk about it a lot. Because right. this is like I don't know, maybe if it was what two thousand three, two thousand five yeah. again, and watching this film, it would have been absolutely be like, mind oh my blowing. God. But like. I don't know. We've we've had a we've, you know, we've had a lot so of these films. Of we've seen this kind of execution. I, th- I before. think honestly, it's Joss Whedon's fault. He did the Avengers. He like I think he bloody fuck you, Joss Whedon. Yeah, he got successful. Ruining Josh Whedon. He did Justice League. Like I just think we've seen this so many times in the time since that whole quippy team of people yeah. became like the standard in yeah. comic book films. And it's him. It, that he's the guy. He was yeah. like the Avengers. I guys, I solved it, and we went. That's what films are going to be for the end of time. <laughs> so, like, I think it's to an extent, like, kind of his his success has become his biggest kind of problem to overcome. Because well, then other people come in and, and just copy it. it. Yeah, and, and the Russo brothers are like, we can do that forever. We can do that better. Yeah. Do you think... Um, <laughs> can we talk about some of the problematic shit in this? Oh, dear God. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, like, okay, there's a few weird gay jokes that I don't love, um, but that's yeah. fine. It was 2005. The thing that really rubbed me the weirdest way was, like, the River Tam is, like, the weird bisexual super soldier ninja assassin sexy mind reader thing i don't know if you've come notice which is like that she i don't know if she just like sleeps on the floor well just like she's a weird aloof she's not even like a pixie girl dream trope she's like a psychic she's like a killer assassin she's like half pixie girl half born beautiful yesterday yeah like a guy like a dashing of just like 
all the Weird. tropes. Yeah, she is a bit yeah, of and everything. That's how Wedden kind of writes all his women. Wonder Woman. She's yeah. like that a little bit too. Her and brother doesn't like, help. Oh, yeah. He's kind of like, he reminds me of Simon from um, uh, Misfits. And not just because the actors look very similar. but because well, they have the same name. They're both or not, yeah, or not because they have the same Wow, name. No. your face, you were like, do they? <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah. Amazing. But it's is that sort of like quiet, reserved, yeah. looks like a med student. Is a I guess doctor. in this one, he is a doctor. Yeah. Is a doctor. <laughs> Did you forget what you're talking? You're no, like, but like, they, they, look. Despite the fact they have the same name, similar occupations, no, very similar to personalities, be fair, to be fair, the same haircut. Simon from They're Mis- not that similar. <laughs> to be fair, Simon from Misfits is none of those. But okay, like, sure. he kind of evokes some of gotcha. those things. But yeah, that kind of like, I don't know, just, I don't know, British? I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, you, it seemed like you were going somewhere with that. They you are talking these... about that in comparison with River. Yeah, like, they, they create these two characters where it's like, and they're just, yeah, they're just a bit weird. Yeah, I I guess, I, I don't know, the, the, the thing that weirds me out about it is the more and more I watch Wedden's properties, like, the, 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 more the, you see that. the treatment of the Black Widow, like, the Buffy, where, like, uh, there's something, I think he, much like Stephen Moffat thinks, being bisexual gives you superpowers. <laughs> Like, because that does seem to be a trend I've noticed right. with, with these kind of middling to kind of late uh, male writers who came up in that era where I think they are just so transfixed by the idea of like bisexual women that yeah. it's just this thing that kind of, I don't know, man, well- <laughs> like it, it just really is like, that's like, she's got superpowers, not because she's bisexual, but it, it like, it bet you, bet your bottom dollar. If someone in a wedding script has superpowers, it's probably going to swing both ways. I mean, Moffat did. What's his name? Jack. Captain Jack. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just... A, I don't know what it is, but... Which is, like, equally problematic, but people give it a pass because he's a guy. I mean, coupling, which was, like, a real... You know, I get it with his ex-wife, but, like, that, even that, it was, like, she she's bisexual and she's crazy, but she's real smart. And it seems like it started then. And I just... I don't know, man. Wedding kind of does the same thing with River, where it's, like, she's a little crazy. Maybe... She, I don't know. Maybe she's, maybe she's a little... Maybe I mean, the, her treatment as sort of, like, you know, the emotionally scarred. Yeah. But then, like... This like the emotionally scarred sleeper agent is just like that's a bit of a that's a bit of a weird trope. Yeah. Where it's like they're they're gonna snap at any moment and kill everyone in the room and but because they're but yeah, it's just yeah. That's kinda of what I'm getting at. It's yeah, just there's right. just something about it that feels outdated, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like uh God, there's a lot of films that have done that yeah. since then. Uh pretty much every Resident Evil film yeah. does the same thing. Yeah. Gosh, what else? Fifth Element? Even that's like, like that's salt. the Fifth Element is like It's probably the classic example. That's classic bomb. Probably salt born beautiful to, to yesterday. An yeah, it just it just kinda has has seeped in, I guess, with that generation of It Doesn't male happen writers. too much these days because I think, I think we've all moved on. more aware of it. Yeah. It doesn't really work because it's a bit It's just a bit it's a bit gross. It's a bit ick. And it feels gross. That's that's like kind you of, watch it, you're like, it just don't. It doesn't I don't feel like good. this character. It doesn't feel good. Not because they're bad, but because I just don't like watching it. That's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. And I, I suppose you know, critique or not of the time, it's just an artifact. Yeah. And it's I just think it's important to note that stuff so that when we're talking about other works, we can be like, oh yeah, they don't have it, and that's okay. Yeah, like it's okay to acknowledge it. I think without being like, well, he's a monster for doing it. It was it was of the time, two thousand five. <laughs> um, I want to wrap up with a quote from Mal because oh I think boy, it I think words. it just kind of kind of encapsulates a lot of what the film is trying to talk about. Uh, so it's kind of from his from his quote when he's trying to what's he trying? He's like trying to convince them all to go on his mission with him. Quote: "You all got on this boat for different reasons, but you'll come to the same place. So now I'm asking more of you than I have before. Maybe all. Sure as I know anything, I know this. They will try again." Maybe on another world, maybe on this very ground, swept clean. A year from now, ten. They'll swing back to the belief that they can make people better, and I do not hold to that, so no more running, I aim to misbehave. End quote. And if that ain't a good summary of Joss Whedon's <laughs> philosophy, I don't know what the fuck is. 
that was a good place to end, I feel. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, boy. Uh, I've been playing The Witcher 3 a bit. Yeah. Just Did you get it on of... the PlayStation? Yeah. PS4. Yeah, it was on Smash. Um, it's good, hey? Yeah, it is. And I've been reading your book. Yeah. Well, I read your book. Maynotrick.com. Yeah. Maynotrick.com. I, I finally read it. It's A year later. Yeah. It's all right. Wow. Glowing endorsements. No, nah, that's pretty good. Glowing endorsement. Look, sell it. look, lie. If, no, lie. look, look, lie. look, lie if to you, the people. If you're a slow reader like I am, lie to the people. It's a good book because it's not very long, but the it has a big. lot of pages. The words are big. The words are big, and it makes you feel really accomplished because it's like 300 pages, but each page is about 100 words. Say something. So, say something really good about it that isn't true. Uh, Get people to buy it. It's 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 a good book. Wow. <laughs> Shit. Uh, no, it's it's thrilling from start to end. It has absolutely zero problems. Perfect. Thanks, and ben. the pacing is perfect. Maynardtrick.com. <laughs> All of that was true. I'm going to... And the action hey, scenes Adam, are written you... really well. Adam, can you overdub Ben to make it sound like he meant that? I don't know how you do that in the post. Just like, like edit, but just, I don't know, fix it, it somehow. Yeah, like uh, yeah Maynardtrick.com to buy it. Uh, I've been... I reinstalled Bloodborne the other night on my uh, PlayStation. Uh, really good video game. I'm not good at it. So it's that's... Too, it's too quick for your, for, a... your, for your idle fingers. Well, I've been playing Dark Souls 3 before that, yeah. so I got real used to like the calm rhythm of that. And yeah. playing Bloodborne is like having an aneurysm. Mm. so uh it's I'm, a little bit manic i'm struggling a little bit uh i've started watching carnival row which is a amazon prime with orlando bloom and cara delavine oh dear it's really bad yeah so it's like it it's like hot ass <laughs> victorian fantasy with fairies and shit i like a lot of the ideas i'm gonna probably finish it i like a lot of the ideas but just wow yeah. like you know when you watch something you're like is this from 2010 like it's got yeah. that that vibe of bit. like we just yeah. discovered fantasy <laughs> so it's a lot for me and then also taylor swift's new album is out so that's all i've been listening to bet your bottom dollar oh um, yeah caravan's palace caravan's palace caravan palace that new it. album came out now it's a it's a bop it's a bopper it's, it's a, a good one. it's a bopper and a banger and king giz's new album i don't know yeah, if i mentioned that about, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. still we, we mentioned that it several times on repeat uh, i also want numerous wanted, times a day i just want to shout out uh, king giz we put out like Liz. <laughs> The cadence on that was a lot for me. Uh, we just put out uh, a new video that I'm pretty excited about, which is sort of the first thing I kind of... I wouldn't call them documentaries, but they're a bit of a new style of video that we've got coming up. We've got a few different ones. I'd uh, call them documentaries. I guess so. So the first one's gone out. That's kind of the... It was all by me, so it's not great, but it's a good start. Um, it's like... It's like it's good, but it's it, the next one's going to be but amazing. But great. The next one is incredible by Adam. Like, it's the best. It's so good. So I'm very excited for you guys to see that. Um, but otherwise, where can people find us? Facebook. At DCMWorks Social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMWorks. Twitter. At DCMWorks. Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCMWorks. Best place to support us. Uh, it helps us keep <coughs> affording to do this. Um, basically, this show now involves three or four people that get paid money to do it. So the best place to support us and let us keep doing it is to go there and chuck in a buck. Uh, our subscription start at $3 a month. You get access to all kinds of behind the scenes content, things like extended interviews from videos, uh, our post show when we do that, uh, all kinds of different content as well as 65 plus hours of content that's already there. You can watch our Road to Infinity War where we all lose our minds re-watching every Marvel film in the lead up to Infinity War. Uh, you can get access to Interface which is an audiobook series that we kind of nearly finished about halfway. We might finish it at some point. Yeah, we um, kind of gave up on it. it just, but it's really good. One day we'll finish it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's it's one of the goals of our Patreon is if we get us over a certain amount, we will finish it. But we'll be contractually the, the production value of that is pretty expensive. Um, and you can also get early access to the audiobook for Maynard Trick, which is coming out very soon. Um, so hopefully, uh, when Pat and I get our shit together, uh, that will be out very soon. You'll get a, you can get a, a free copy of that through the Patreon as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, otherwise, if you did want to buy my book, MaynardTrick.com, I don't think there's anything else I wanted to plug. Um, 
Oh, you can join our Discord. This we this week we discovered a I don't know what you call it, but that that generator where you put in text. It's a- AI that just, just the weirdest shit. text so creates prose. If you're ever wondering like what we do with our free time, it's yeah, that. So that. go check that out. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if you want to f- follow us individually, I'm at DC My Hip Hop. I'm at Literal Citrus. We'll see you guys next week.